The views expressed in our episodes are ours alone and do not represent any other organizations. Our episodes discuss internet crimes against children and cases that involve the exploitation of children and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. Hello, Tony. Hey, Brandon. How's it going? It's going really well. How are you? Oh, you only want to welcome everybody to Catfish Cops. This is our uh, podcast, and uh, we are very excited how things have gone over the last week. Yeah, what have we been up to? Well, I mean, this whole this whole dynamic of running a podcast in itself is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work, like trying to stay up on all the different social media platforms and through. The ability to, you know, sort of get put onto uh, Apple Podcasts, which, by which the way, we are. We are. So if we you're are. listening, I hope you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or on Google or Amazon or iHeartRadio or any of the other Stitcher. Stitcher. We Stitcher. Yep. That was uh, the first. I never heard of them, but I'm they hopeful have, they will do very well for us. They have a few that I listen to. Uh, one thing we would ask is that you please rate and review the podcast. Good or bad. Preferably good, I hope. But if not, you know, yeah, tell us tell us where we're failing and we'll fix it. And uh, one thing, I guess, before we kick off is we we kind of threw this idea out there last night after we uh, got an opportunity to to do a live um, YouTube broadcast with uh, another uh, show called uh, Profiling Evil, which was uh, really kind of cool. Uh, but we did get to. Um, mentioned the show. And so what we noticed in that platform is there was a whole lot of questions and people were asking, like listeners were like, what about this? What about that? What about this? And so we thought it might be a good idea if those of you listening that may have questions that come up, send us an email or send us some comments, go to our Facebook page or Instagram or wherever and just message us what that question is. And so we would like very much to be able to answer that. Yeah, so we can't answer questions today because we don't have any. Uh, but if you start sending in questions, we'll take uh, some time on each episode and answer those questions and give our advice. Uh, it's probably worth the two cents that will be thrown in. And so um, what what else happened last week? I guess since our first episode launched, the intro episode, a few things have happened. What's, what's We went up? to a sentencing hearing. We did go to a sentencing hearing, a federal sentencing hearing, which... Uh, which we can't tell you about. Not yet. Well, because it's going to hopefully be an episode that we, I guess, send out in the future. I guess very few, way future for now, because yeah. it was just sentenced. Yeah, um, it, it does take a little bit of time. There's some uh, protocol we have to wait, you know, and put in place before we can do that. But but it's going to be a fun story. When we do it, it's going to be probably multiple episodes because it's such a yeah. winding story, and it's going to talk about all of the intertwining of of different things that occurred so i won't give yeah. any more teaser than that and sorry to leave you hanging for so long but that's what we have to do it'll be a good one i promise so today we're going to discuss one of my cases um but i will say up front there are going to be some 
times of colorful language. Um, there might be some things that we might consider explicit. So if you have young listeners um, joining in, or if you have someone, or if you yourself is someone that doesn't like to hear anything uh, explicit, probably not the one for you because of the nature of the things said in this one. Yeah, I think, yes, for sure. I would agree with that. So, so let's jump in. We have, just as you heard last time, changed the name of our offenders. Um, and why do we do that? Uh, for a few reasons. It's to protect the case, right? Uh, legally to protect the case, um, so as not to bring any sort of shame on the offenders, maybe more so than the justice that they were given as far as the legal system. Also, we don't want people to be able to like shine any light on these offenders either. Right. There's no reason why we need to give them any sort of credit or esteem or any glory because they've done a horrible thing. So uh, this keeps that from occurring and protects everyone involved. Yep, for sure. So this offender we named Eric Austin. Um, and if your name is Eric Austin or you know an <laughs> Eric Austin or a case that you've heard of involves an Eric Austin, this was a completely randomly generated name by a computer program. Yeah, so just everybody realizes we uh, we use a program that's online. It's just a random name generator. We uh, you know, we put in a little bit of criteria, like we need a male name or a female name or general age or year of birth, and then boom, the computer just gives us a bunch of bunch of names. And today, Eric Austin was chosen. So you're going to hear us talk about Austin. Uh, but this, let's jump in. This is a 2016 case, and it was a proactive case, meaning that we um, initiated the case rather than getting a tip sent to us. And it was involving a platform um, that was very popular back in the time. I get, you know, I mean, it's still still. Still pretty, popular. Pretty popular. Tony is actually an expert on this platform. Um, That's like true. Literally an expert. He has actually been certified an expert on this platform. So tell us about the platform, Tony. Well, the platform is Craigslist. And uh, Craigslist uh, is sort of a multifaceted. Uh, if anybody's out there listening that doesn't know what Craigslist is, it's just a, a posting site for ads that people place for product services um, and just about anything else you can think of, um, anywhere from car parts to travel, to renting a home, to a section at this time had, um, a lot of interest for us. Personals. Personals. And now, in the, yeah. what, what's happened to personals? Let's, let's talk about that a moment. Yeah. Well, personals have gone away, sort of. <laughs> They've gone away officially as personals. They just have redirected yeah. themselves to another location. Yeah. So there was a lot of like uh, work towards shutting down places like Backpage and Craigslist personals right. because of the exploitative nature of them. Um, but, but did that help anything like, and we're going to talk about this. Let's just be honest. Did yeah. it help? No. I mean, it slowed things down for a very, very short amount of time, but uh, people are very resourceful. And so, if you give them an inch, they take a mile. And uh, so people figured out a place where they could just land and continue to do the same activities. And so it's kind of in business as usual. Yeah, they've just they've just gone to other places within the site. They've gone to other sites. There have been whole yep. sites created just for that purpose of, of putting personals online. Now, I'm not saying that personals in and of themselves are bad because that doesn't mean like, the personal section was all bad, but it was one of the things that it allowed for is people to post an ad 
um, seeking another person. And the, a lot of times those personals would include terms that would maybe be suggestive of. And so that's what we have today, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. So I was proactive in um, going on to Craigslist personals as a 14-year-old male um, undercover. Right. And so my profile, you're going to hear me say me or undercover or something like that. That's just meaning the kid that I was portraying myself as. Um, and I don't always pretend to be 14. I don't always, there's no set age. Um, right. There's not a boy or a girl always. So we're not giving away any secret investigative technique because we just change it based on where we're going. And while I, the only thing I would add is that, you know, we have gone through specific training to do these types of investigations specifically on this platform. Um, there's an investigator from Nevada, from uh, Nevada that, uh, like kind of spearheaded this, just like ran with it. Was super, super great and efficient with it. And, he's great. Uh, yeah, he's really good at. Yeah, things. he's like fantastic. And so he was kind of uh, doing trainings all over the country for law enforcement to kind of model his uh, path. And uh, it's been very, 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 very good. All right. So what did the ad say? So we're looking for very specific things. Um, we're not going to tell you what we're looking for because that might give away some of our techniques, but. One of the things that uh, stuck out is the ad um, that we saw. So I'm just going to read it. It said, looking for horny young white guys, I'll give you a great massage. And within the body of the ad, it said, what's up, guys? Looking for a young or white Latin guy, just a preference, willing to give a massage to young guys and you be sucked and swallowed. Let's do this nice. Um, and he said he was a, na- a masculine, normal guy just looking for a safe, discreet, fun, send pics and age, drug and disease free, and all of the things. And then he gave his number in a surreptitious way. So I responded to that ad because it was looking for younger guys. Um, and I gave my age very early on. And like right up front, I said, right. this is how old I am. Um, and he started communicating. He was very, I think he was very cautious, sure. uh, mainly because when I started talking to him, it v- became very apparent. He had been scammed before, not mm-hmm. by police, but he had been told before that, uh, that he was going to message someone and then they would like start trying to extort him for money. Oh, I see. So he was very cautious with me and very like, he didn't think I was real. He didn't think, right. um, that I was uh, maybe I was trying to scam him out, and of that's something. not uncommon. A lot of these platforms have um, automated; they're called bots, automated bots that have auto responses to things, and you'll see ads, and it, it's like clickbait, you know, for you to click on something else and take you to somewhere else, or paid service or something like that. So that's why a lot of people, and that's not uncommon. I've had many, many subjects who have, you know, been captured on this platform, and many others just like it. And uh, they all said the same thing. It's like, you know, hit or miss when you actually get a real person. Yeah. The other thing we run into a lot nowadays is our suspects also talk about um, talking to someone and then find out that they're only interested in getting paid for a sexual meeting. So it's it's kind of a, a pay for sex kind of situation. And so. They start off very cautious with these things, mm-hmm. um, and we work work around that. So I, th- I think the other thing to add, just for the listener's perspective, is that how you mentioned uh, age gets established very early on, and that's very, very common. And usually, I, I think it's fair to tell folks, one of two things happens, right? When age comes up, 
which is usually one of the very first things. One, you're told, oh, hey, what are you doing? You're way too young. What are you, crazy? Leave me alone. Don't ever talk to me again. Goodbye. That's option one. And obviously, that's the option we would hope anybody would take if they were put into a situation with a child. Option two is they just continue on. Oh, great. You okay with this? You okay with that? And so you know within a few uh, responses, because this is... Which category? (laughs) Yeah, which category you're in. So there's not a lot of wasted time or effort on the investigative side. Probably a bunch of our listeners, the the normal listeners we have, would probably be in category one, right? So when they start talking to someone and find out, um, and like I say, we're not ever going to give away any sort of investigative technique on this. We're very, very aware of that um, and cautious about that. So we're not telling you anything. If you're a bad guy out there listening, don't take anything we're saying as it's always this or that, uh, because it's not. We'll throw in a curveball every time. Um, But our normal listeners, if they're talking to someone and find out, oh my gosh, this person is like under age, they're going to say, what's wrong with you? You're too young, blah, blah, blah. Probably right. will go through the reporting process to flag that person yeah. to say, oh, hey, by the way, platform, this person shouldn't be here. But the other category of person is the person who says, no, this is fine. Let's let's keep talking. And in this case, that's what uh, Mr. Austin was. And so in the talks, you know, I, I talk about things. One of the things I said, mainly because it's true of me, is I'm not very good at math um, and I'm I didn't like math or I don't like math um, because I'm not very good at it. And it come to find out, I didn't know this at the time, but when I said it, he very quickly jumped on the fact that he could help me in math because he happened to be a math teacher. Yeah, it was a bad day Um, because more so I didn't want to have to do any math. So I didn't (laughs) want to pretend like I was doing math so that he could teach me the the math stuff. On the flip side of that, tell the listeners like, how does that change the dynamic of your investigation when you learn of something like, Oh yeah, I can help you. I'm a math teacher. Well, I mean, you've got to, you've got to understand we, all of these guys are bad and of course they are, they are committing a crime. And so we're obviously looking at um, getting them away from being able to prey on children, but particularly someone who's in a position of trust and authority, like a teacher, or any of the other uh, of the professions that we would consider a position of trust or authority yeah. makes us, it, it kind of makes our awareness heightened. It also makes it feel more serious. Yeah. Anybody that has, or would presumably have immediate access to real kids. Yeah. That's a concern. And so while that doesn't automatically, you know, force us to do something, one way or the other, we still have to proceed with whatever investigation we have until we have established an offense and all of the normal things that go along with that. But it does certainly expedite portions of things uh, because someone may be having access to a real kid. And he was very aware of my age because he said um, sending a picture to a minor would get him in trouble. So he wouldn't send a picture of himself for a while. He kept asking for pictures of me. Um, and he warned me as a kid about the dangers of meeting people on Craigslist. Yeah. An irony. Yeah. That's, that's probably the initial stage of what sort of grooming process that he's doing with you in that role. Yeah. And so tell some folks out here listening, what, 
what is that term? What does that mean in layman's terms for grooming? Yeah. So we'll talk about grooming quite a bit. You're going to hear us talk about it in most of our cases, because as we know, with um, investigations or incidences of child sexual abuse that occur in a hands-on fashion, so someone who's actually um, sexually abusing a kid, they do this process of grooming. And grooming is the acts of um, gaining the child's trust and manipulating the child to believe that this is normal and you shouldn't talk about it to anyone because that is protecting the offender from getting caught. Um, And then they also groom the family and the caretakers around the child so that they can gain access to the child without anyone. So if you've ever thought about any of these big cases that have come out where a kid is sexually abused and the whole community says, we would have never thought that of this guy, or there's no way this person could have done that because he is so great or whatever. Well, that's the case. That's the case of the offender grooming the community and the people around to always believe that if something comes out, he couldn't be possibly involved in it. And the kid may be misunderstanding a circumstance, right? Right. So it's well-researched. It's, it's it is. a very well-researched area of grooming. Uh, we do a lot of training on grooming and, and noticing the, the patterns and the symptoms or signs of and, grooming. And I would just add that it does progress um, as that process continues. Sometimes it happens faster. Sometimes it's a little bit more prolonged if it's a someone who actually has access to a child and their family and whatnot. But in these kind of situations, they move a, a little bit faster, but it also uh, increases in requests. It moves to the arena of um, nude images, nude images yeah. videos. Yeah, we were discussing this um, when we talk about hands-on cases. So when you actually hear us say hands-on, that means a an offender is actually sexually abusing a real child. Um And in those hands-on cases, yeah, we see grooming take a prolonged period of time. It is a process. It's not something that's just happening over a day or two. It's a prolonged process of testing boundaries, testing the waters, and those kind of things. Um, And that's a a longer process for that that case. But in online, um, it's my experience, and, and I think Tony would agree, because we get groomed when we're being, when we're children online, Um, it happens faster. Yeah. Much more rapid rate, but you also see kind of a cyclical thing happening. We Mm -hmm. see cycles of grooming. So you'll see a whole grooming process, like go around and then like, we'll start the whole grooming process over. So one of the things we wanted to talk about when you're talking about online, um, especially for parents, what kind of things are these offenders doing to groom online? Well, I guess the the start I would want to make sure that as a parent who's going to relay information to their child would be make sure they understand that time does not equal trust. No matter how long they are going to be friends or on what platform they're friends with a person, if they don't actually know that person, time does not equate to any sort of trust. But the grooming process for them to be able to understand and from a parent perspective, because we both have kids of our own and so these because we play a kid online we see the things that are said and what i would i would think that most adults would already quite know is that these people with predatory natures they have answers to questions no matter what whatever the circumstances are they play on the vulnerabilities of these kids and so if the child has expressed you know oh i don't like this, or I don't like to do that. I don't like math. You know, I'm, I'm 
you know, I'm not in a church, I'm not, uh, I don't have a lot of friends or, or whatever the circumstances are, um, those predatory type people will use that to manipulate their way in. So they understand everything. They'll step into the the holes that are there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Whether they are, are being sincere or not, they say the right words. Yeah, because so sometimes I'm not saying all of these guys are just complete devoid of human characteristics. So right. there are sometimes that they are being sincere about, I want to help you or, or something right. like that. There is some sincerity, but most of the time it gets twisted to, I want to help you. And then it's going to turn to sexual purposes. Right. Um, so some of the things that we see in online grooming a lot are questions about masturbation and pornography, um, some body features, showing of nude images, keeping secrets. One of the things That's I, a big one. yeah, it's huge. This is, it's, it's sort of them saying this has to be a secret. And one of the ways they, they really try and drive that home is make sure you delete these messages, make sure your parents mm-hmm. or your mom or dad doesn't see these messages, um, you know, hide, hide your track, so to speak. Yeah. So, uh, some of the other things that have been said in the past, um, at least in my experience would be if this is going to move from and understand with Craigslist, that initial communications are via email. And so, Email, you know, for kids, it is not the most popular way to communicate. And so oftentimes it transitions very quickly to normal communications on a phone, text messaging or through a third party app through an app or through an app. And so um, oftentimes we'll have a suspect who might say, hey, program me in your phone, but use one of your girlfriend's names or, you know, something along those lines. So keep in mind, if you're a parent that is being diligent and checking your kids' phones, you know, we don't always know. We might know who their friends are, but we don't always know what those friends' numbers are. Yeah, and and really understand that if your child is talking to someone in this kind of manner, they may be um, told by the offender and most likely are, delete the texts, hide yeah. your tracks. Um, so checking in routinely and checking at times that the child may not expect may be a better way to catch yep. uh, someone like this. Um, th- another thing that we notice is they start to mirror the child's behaviors. Right. Um, so at least with my experience, I start, you know, if I'm using whatever app or start using language um, or that, that they're not, maybe the offender doesn't use, or if I'm saying like, I'm watching this show, it's been my experience that a lot of the offenders start to like behave the same way. So they'll start right. using that language. Uh, I had one offender that we'll probably talk about in a future case, start watching the same show as me oh. so that we could talk about it. Wow. Um, which was funny because I personally love the show and he was much older than I and did not like the show at all. <laughs> um, but boy, he, he wanted to try hard to be on the same page as the kid. Expert subject matter for him. Yes. <laughs> So uh, one of the things this offender, Mr. Austin, asked me as as a kid was, and this is going, the reason I'm bringing this up is not because of the shock factor, but because of the online grooming um, behavior is he's asking me about my body features. And one of the things he asked me is, how big is it? Uh, Meaning, obviously, my genitals. Right. Um, And so, Tony, you can talk maybe a little bit about how we feel when we're doing these kind of things. And we're always sort of weighing out risk versus reward so to speak like how far can we go without pushing the boundaries but also 
being believable and, right. and being real. And so I thought I went too far because I said in response, it fits in my hand, <laughs> which, yeah, I, I'm right. sorry. I'm not being, I'm trying not to be, you know, too graphic, yeah. but that was my response. And I was afraid that, Ooh, how, how did I, did I go too far? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the one thing to set clear with the listeners is the, the misbelief that, you know, because we are adults and we're law enforcement and we're trained and we go online to these places to, you know, get perped on by predators is that we have just this unleashed uh, license to do or say whatever we want. And that's just not, not true. Case. And yeah. so, as in we fact, mentioned, I think we're going to talk yeah. about in a future episode, mm-hmm. the people outside of law enforcement who try and catch predators, yep. uh, we would call them vigilante groups. Right. And oftentimes because they don't have training and they don't have any sort of boundaries or guidelines set for how to talk, they often go too far. And yeah. so we can't use those. Yep. That's a fact. So yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, but yeah, that's, oh, no. that's I just, sort of our back and forth yeah. in our own minds, right? Yeah. It is one of those, you know, those situations where we know the questions are coming. We know the questions are going to be loaded. Um, it's just, for me, it's the believability, uh, believability if like, you know, would my my own child at the same age come up with a response you know and it's it's a dynamic we have to balance because we aren't 12 and 13 year old boys and girls and so when we're in that role or in that capacity it uh you have to really be on your toes yes it is a game of <clears throat> of strategy yeah so one thing we also are very acutely aware of tony and i have discussed this many times is our communications, unlike a real kid, and what the offender's wanting is for these text messages to just go away forever. Our communications are, are going to maybe be viewed by a lot of people, a lot of people, law enforcement, <laughs> courts, um, juries, juries, prosecutors. Pub, you know, if they go out and are released to the public, obviously the chats are going right. to be read by people. So, you know, we also are, are very aware of trying to, you know, trying to keep up with and be believable, but not be shocking or graphic. Right. right. So of course, in this case, he actually told me delete your messages, um, delete the texts. And he kept making references to my young age. Um, so it was very, it was very obvious that he knew what he was doing was wrong because he was so nervous and touching on my age quite a bit. Yet it continued. And yet he kept going. <laughs> In fact, he actually sent nude images of men he was sexually active with, um, which turned out to be a huge benefit um, for us because uh, of what was contained in that picture. Right. Um, so we, we actually got lucky in that one because those pictures that he sent had information within them, um, and I could tell exactly where they were taken and when, and they were taken at his residence. Well, you know, in our line of work, we call that a clue. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and those are very helpful. <laughs> but what, what really stuck out to me too, was like these other people that he was having sexual encounters with, they were, they were of age, but they had no idea he was going to that he, I don't think they had had any idea that he had taken these pictures. Oh. And then uh, furthermore, I don't think they knew he was sending them out to other people he was talking to. Well, I mean, that brings up a good point of, uh, allowing those kind of things to be taken because uh, once they're taken, especially by somebody else, or if you take them and send them to somebody else, you lose 
ultimate control. They're never coming back. <laughs> if you right. hit send, they're never, ever coming back. So he told me, and I, I wanted to kind of highlight this because it made me laugh and the irony of it. He was telling me, and this is a grooming thing, I'd rather you talk to me than some stranger pedophile that you'll meet along the way. Because he was, I hate to laugh at that. He was so concerned about like me as a kid meeting someone else that might do harm, and he was safe, is what he was indicating. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I certainly see from his the context of his um, expression there, but you know, in the back of my mind, I I think that's an awful nice uh, lobbed up softball he just pitched to you, and you just whacked a grand slam out <laughs> of the park with it. <laughs> He said, and we see that a lot. The, the suspects often tell us, like, don't talk to anyone else because they may be dangerous. And there are a lot, we get told there are a lot of sickos on here. Right. And then, but it's like, but you can talk to us. You can talk to me because I'm safe, right. kind of thing. So that was the case in this one. Um, and then he suggested, and we'll talk, this might be dating us a little bit. Remember, this Probably. goes back to 2016, but he kept suggesting and bringing up every time we would start talking and he would bring up this phrase that he wanted to Netflix and chill, Netflix and chill. Netflix That's a, and chill. that is a term that if, if you're in our age category, you maybe have never heard it. I'd be shocked if you hadn't heard that term. Uh, but I can assure you your teenagers have heard it, maybe used it. And, um, it's been around a while. What does Netflix and chill mean? To well, it, it basically means let's, you know, hook up and, Engage in some activities. Right. So I guess the idea is we turn on Netflix and then we stop watching it and, and start doing other things right. sexually. Okay. Yep. So he made several comments about Netflix and chill. In fact, anytime we would just be randomly talking, he would sort of turn the conversation sexual by bringing up this phrase, Netflix and chill. Right. And I think his surprise was that I was, was aware of what it meant and kind of was open to it. Um, but he kept making comments about the discomfort he had with the size of his own area, genital area. Um, so he was he was very aware of that and probably very self-aware of that. And he uh, he kept bringing it up as a, a reason why he would do things to the kid and not necessarily oh, want reciprocation. Oh, well, you know, I mean, uh, OK, I mean, <laughs> he he's a giver. <laughs> so. Uh, anyway, he had trouble parking when he showed up. Uh, we set this meeting up and he came to um, the kid's apartment um, or house in this case. And uh, he had some difficulty parking. I, I just throw that in there because of the frustration it was as you're sitting there waiting for an arrest to take place of this offender who has basically set up a sexual right. meeting with a kid. And it's like you get, you know, you're all amped up and you're like, okay, we're, we're about to arrest this guy. And then it was like frustrating because we had to sit there yeah. and wait on him to try and park. And he pulled into the spot and then out of the spot. And then he's trying to line himself up. And so it kind <laughs> of, it became one of those movie moments where you're like, the, right. the music would start playing and we would just kind of wait for him to try and, you know, like. Well, one of the, uh, I guess. I assume most people listening understand that um, getting to the point of an actual meet or meeting um, from our perspective, from the law enforcement perspective is there's, there's a lot of balls in the air at the same time. And so, you know, our bad guy, he's only got to be right once he just has to show up. Um, but for us, 
there's so much that goes into it. And I, it's not divulging anything, but as you can imagine, we don't just go out one-on-one. We have to take a team of people with us to do a myriad of things that will, you know, allow this thing to go down and do it all without being seen before the meet happens. And yeah. so it's a, a lot of, there's yeah. a lot of preparation that goes into it. There is a lot. So, you know, in those kind of circumstances where, you know, back and forth and inching, he's six inches from the white line and needs to be <laughs> nine inches or, or whatever it may be, uh, you know, that can get, uh, very trying if you're on the takedown side of things. You pictured the music coming on for a little bit of a a little bit of a chaos scene because it was yeah. it was frustrating. You're waiting and you're like, ah, okay. Yeah. So finally, he gets out of the car. He starts walking up, and he was so focused on the the prize, the prize, so to speak, that uh, he was taken aback when the officers came out and started signaling for him to put his hands up and they went up very quickly. Yeah. And, um, in law enforcement terms, we, we call it messing up their OODA loop. And so his OODA loop probably was spinning, um, and probably really had no real concept of the words that were coming out of the guy's mouths. No, he didn't hear anything that they were saying, but right. He saw law enforcement frozen and and paralyzed. I imagine he did the right thing. His hands went up and, he gave himself up quickly. Um, we did confirm later that a, a picture that he sent of his quote-unquote classroom uh, he sent to the kid was actually, in fact, his classroom where he was a teacher. Wow. Um, here locally. and that's, so That's horrifying. And then he gave us information of the two individuals he sent um, because that's one of the things we have to do when we get pictures sent to us is we have to make sure that those individuals are not an actual yeah. child as well. Um, and And... Thankfully, they were not, uh, but but they also knew or did not know that his pictures were being their pictures were being sent out to us. Yeah, I think it I think it bears mentioning that, um, you know, for those listening like this, the cases that we're talking about and doing, they don't just come to a halt once you get the handcuffs on this guy. Right. Usually that means that's just where you're going to really start getting busy. That's where the work starts. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's so much follow-up and so many things that we have to do to make sure that we've uncovered every stone or put every potential child, if any others exist, so that we can get those who are real, if they exist, into some sort of aftercare or therapy counseling, whatever. Um, Not only from a charging perspective for our bad guy, but also from getting kids back on the right path. Well, and also we do an interview. Yep. And why do we interview? Because uh, to me, that's the best part of the whole job. Yeah. I love it. I love that part. And and Tony's interviews are crazy good. They're really good. He he gets people to talk about things that you would never expect. Um, but it's, it's it's a it's a game to me. It really is. It's a it's strategy. It is strategy. Yeah. And it's not easy. I mean, um, I've met a lot of cops in my 26 years here and and I've I've seen some who are really great at interviewing and I've quite honestly full disclosure I just stole their ideas because it works yeah. and so you know I teach it at our academies and uh, other agencies and then I tell people I'm like look if you watch something I do and it works use it take it what do you, how do you think we learn you know um but it is fun it is it's exciting on some level I understand the dynamics of how this person um, feels. 
um, because their world, you know, just came crashing down. Yeah, not everyone wants to talk to us, obviously, no. but when they do, it's not an it's not an opportunity for us to shame them. Quite honestly, it's quite the opposite of that. Right. We're trying to understand and gain information about what their mindset was, um, and not like I say, not not to shame them, but because we want to find out. Are there any real kids that are out there that need to be rescued or, or brought back and, and put into counseling? Um, are there any sort of things that this person utilized that we need to maybe do some investigating on? And, and it helps us to understand the next offender and maybe how to utilize some of the things we learn in interviews yeah. to then protect other kids out there and we pass it along a lot of our information that we gain in interviews we pass on to other law enforcement doing these kind of things right. so that they know how better to protect kids yeah yeah i mean it's uh it takes a village that's what we've learned over the over the years of doing these cases and working with other agencies there's so many like really fantastic uh people that are out there um you know, doing the job that we're doing. We just happen to be the ones talking about it. But um, we, you'll see as we progress, because we're going to bring some of those folks in. Yeah, and, and talk and about their... Talk about things that are going on in their parts of town, in their cities. And uh, we're, we're really excited about it because there's an awful lot of good work. Yeah, lots of good investigators out there, lots of people doing this, this job. Uh, and don't think we're not going to sit down with them and steal their ideas as well. Heck yeah. Because uh, we can learn from everyone that we talk to. So in the interview of this um, individual, Mr. Austin, he gave us some in information that he felt he was protecting the child because he knew he wouldn't hurt the kid. <laughs> and so he was protecting him from some of the other dangerous predators out there that the kid might meet. And so it, that's it's a weird so sort of I, twisted thing. I guess he was oblivious to the fact that he was driving from one location to another and I don't know how far the locations were apart, but doesn't matter. And that he was arriving with the full intention of engaging in deviant sexual activities with a child. With a kid. But he doesn't quite, he hasn't quite grasped that. That he, would be dangerous. He's, he's as bad as the guy he's protecting the kid from. No, no. He actually said one of the ways he was going to protect the kid was to tell him, talk to him and not let anyone else, you know, abuse the kid. So he said, I'm protecting this kid by coming and talking to him um, and not let him talk to anyone else when he's feeling horny is what he said. So, mm. you know, he can talk to me and that way I'm protective of him and I wouldn't hurt him. But if he's feeling these sexual desires, not to talk to anyone else because they may hurt him. Well, how did that work out for him in the end? It did not because in fact, he told me right after that, when I pointed out kind of the, the silliness of that thinking he, and I quote, obviously I'm not protecting him the right way. Was <laughs> obviously, his, obviously <laughs> uh, he did admit. Okay. So we, and we'll talk about this maybe without some great detail, but we hear stories yeah, kind of the same excuses um, in different ways. And a lot of these excuses are, I was just going to tell him that, you know, he's doing something dangerous or something like that. Um, but this this individual actually admitted he probably would have done sexual things with this kid if the police mm. were not there. Um, but he still planned to talk to the kid as well, so that he could. Well, that's mighty nice of him. Educate him. Yeah, he was very very but thoughtful. Was he going to talk before or after he sexually abused this child? I believe after is what, oh, well. what he indicated to me. 
Uh, he's a giver then. Yeah, he's very kind that way. So uh, the long story short, he was sentenced to three years in the state prison system. Three. Three. So maybe we need to discuss three years. <laughs> so I'll just say that, um, and I don't mean to be disparaging towards any entity, uh, but I also don't want people listening to think that that we're okay with that. Right. Like, I'm not okay with that. It's not my case, and I'm yeah. not okay with that. Right. I would guess... I'm guessing right now, somewhere out there, one of our listeners may be driving somewhere and they may have like, just like slammed their hand <laughs> down on the steering wheel saying, hopefully what I hope, I hope people have that visceral reaction that we have because I'm not okay with that. And, um, and for a multitude of reasons, I mean, people will argue and we will hear, um, people defend, I guess on some level, that, well, maybe they were just talking or maybe they were just online looking at things and why is that bad or worse or good or whatever? And so they formulate these opinions. But I think by and large, the community as a whole, and I hope this is across the nation and globe, um, would echo that anybody that is willing to travel any distance as an adult to meet a child for deviant sexual activities should go to prison for some extended period of time. Now, are we advocating they go to jail for life? No. I mean, I personally wouldn't be opposed to that because they would never have the ability to do that to a child again. Yeah. That's our, I think that's the takeaway here is we don't prison aside that it's not really actually our focus. Our focus right. is, is, bringing any real children out of that environment and, and getting them help, but then also making sure that offender can't prey on another child. Yeah. And I think I do, while we mentioned earlier that we didn't really have questions, I do remember a question that someone had asked um, as it came across the screen on our live thing the other day. And the question was like, what is the recidivism rate? What are the, what are the odds that someone who, like this guy, is captured, convicted, sentenced, does the amount of time they've been given, is released back into the community um, with requirements, of course. Obviously, they are registered sex offenders. What is the chance that they're going to reoffend and commit this crime again? Well, there are people much smarter than us who have done a lot of research on it, and I think yep. the opinions vary yep. based on what the study is doing. And here's where we often run into problems is it's not necessarily whether or not they do this again. It's an, it's really more of whether or not they get caught. Right. And that's how we have to, how we would have to quantify that. Yeah. Um, and that's not always easy because maybe they're doing something smarter the next time, or maybe they're just more cautious. And so those are questions that we hope to just raise awareness of. Yeah. And this kind of thing. So we don't have the answers. If we did, we would probably be probably more vocally and well-known for being outspoken because if we had all the answers, well, well we would you answer know, them. On the recidivism side of the house, the only thing I can attest to is, one, a few studies that I've read and reviewed, and two, 
is my personal experience with arresting a, an offender who has offended previously. Right. And so I know that it happens. Yep. And in fact, I, we're going to talk about one of my cases in future episodes that he was a registered sex offender already. As well, a few of mine. So yep. I, I just know, and, and maybe for the listener's benefit, and whether it's accurate or not, and I would say do your own due diligence to confirm it, but I've seen percentages as high as 85% have of recidivism for reoffending in the same or similar manner. And so that's an awful high percentage um, when taken into context. So we don't mean to be controversial because no. there are people who disagree with that and say, oh, there's, there's absolutely rehabilitative methods to make sure that there's not. Um, Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Absolutely. Um, in this case, I don't think he is still in our country because he was sent back to his own country. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's, that's certainly something that we have to think about is, is yeah. will this person reoffend? Um, and yeah. our whole purpose in doing these investigations is to, as we've said many times, make sure that that offender doesn't actually meet a real kid. Yep. Absolutely. And if they meet us, then hopefully we've stopped them from meeting a real kid. But what, what do we find on the, Backside of the investigation, the back end of the, like looking into the offender's pattern of behavior. Yeah. We find oftentimes what there are real victims out there. Absolutely. Right? It's like fishing. <laughs> they cast a wide net um, and they hope that they're going to get a bite. And most often, more times than not, they've gotten lots of bites. And we always worry that because most of the time it is the case if if they're meeting us, if they're actually taking the chance of meeting us as a kid for a sexual purpose, likelihood is that they've either done it before or they've talked with a real kid before as well. Right. One of the, and I don't, I'm not sure, I don't know that we've ever really discussed it, but uh, maybe it bears mentioning is like, is there a stop loss? Is there a point in time where you've exhausted everything you feel like you can exhaust? You've uncovered what you feel like you can uncover, but... I guess so that the listeners understand the more you dig, the more you uncover. And so is there like for me, I've struggled with that. I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I've identified seven, seven additional victims. Right. I I mean, I have this other stack of things I need to do. And at some point you do have a stop loss, like a line in the sand, but that's, I find myself, continuing digging because of the fear that yeah. there is still that unknown victim who right. would not be otherwise known if we don't keep digging. Um, and I have had cases where we've actually, I've dug through, you know, hundreds of thousands of files and come to find out, I do find that victim and we're able to, right. to help out. But yeah, there it's sort of the balancing act of, you know, everyone's busy, but, but yeah. if you're that victim, do you care about busyness when you're, yeah, when exactly you're hoping for some help? Yeah. Um, so we'll talk to other investigators about that in the future too, right? About how they juggle that balancing act and how they feel about that. Well, um, just to piggyback what you said with um, those who feel there's they need help or have sought out help or or whatever, whether it's a victim or just someone in, that they know, um, 
if you are in a position, if you're a listener and you're in a position where something has happened or you feel like you need some sort of resource, obviously you can reach out to us through our website, through our email, through our social media. Uh, but if you also take a look at the notes uh, or the description rather in, um, you know, in the podcast that you're listening to, you'll see that there are some resources there. So we would encourage anybody that's in that position to, to click those links if you need them. So that wraps up today's case study and Excellent. the episode on the offender that uh, was protecting me. Um, <laughs> hopefully he won't uh, be able to prey on another child here again soon. Let's hope. If he does, so, let's hope he meets one of us again. Yes. Because when we go Or fishing, one of our friends. Yes. Um, and we've had that case too. Yeah. All right. So if you have questions, please send them in. Let us know what questions yeah. you have. If you have any topics you'd like discussed. We're open to those as well. Um, we plan on bringing you here in an episode or two, some parental safety advice for online um, yeah. safety for your kids. And we also have uh, some really solid, really cool, very wicked cool interviews coming up with some very cool people. Really awesome. Really awesome. Like You're going to like them better than us. Oh yeah, probably. Uh, but anyway, we're bringing them to you. So awesome. thank you for your time. Well, thank you. Keep listening. Rate us and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, yeah. on Google, on Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Go to our website, which is catfishcops.com. And we'll talk to you soon.